Welcome to the Abbot Loop Community Church Podcast. Enjoy this message from Josh Tanner. So we're talking about, this is actually our last message on Let's Try It His Way. And um, it's going to be about how to cast demons out of people. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Seeing if we're all still here together, like, that'll be fun. Out in the name of Jesus. No. So we're, we're actually going to talk about giving. How do we give and give in the framework within the principles that God uh, set for us to sow, to give, and we're going to try it his way. Sound fun? It's going to be way easier than last week, which was about purity, right? Talking about sexual purity last week, everybody's like, oh, way fun. All right. It was good, though. It's good for us, right? Okay. Um, so, uh, you know, one of the things that it happens in our life is that we always try to things out, right, our own way or different ways. We have different methods or ideas of things that we think will work. And sometimes what we think we're doing is right is actually wrong because we see it and we see it, we think we're seeing right, but we're actually seeing wrong and then we feel wrong and then we have behaviors that are wrong. So uh, I did this one time, not just once, but I'll tell you about one time. And uh, this one time we were out a few years ago. I wish it was more years ago than it really is, but a few years ago, we were uh, camping, and you know when you're camping, you're just, I don't know if, you, if you're like me, but I'm just looking for that moment that I'm going to come home and knock off all the rust. Like the shower, that moment when you're done camping, you're like, oh, the shower. Isn't that like the best shower ever? Yeah. Like all the smoke and all the nasty just going away, right? Okay. I call it knocking off all the rust, right? So there are some campgrounds that actually have facilities in them where you can bathe. This is, this is sweet and disruptive, okay? Because you're, this one campground, we're up and around Denali, and there's like a, also an espresso shop, like a coffee shop. So that's disrupting every day for me is the shower and the coffee shop is all I'm thinking about. I just gotta find a way to sneak over there and get clean and reboost, right? Because coffee around the campfire is cool, but not as awesome, right? And so somewhere in the middle of this enormously long uh, camping trip, I g wake up early because I'm sleeping in a tent. And 5 a.m. is like the time you wake up when you sleep in a tent, right? Wishing it was 8 or 9. So I'm just like super tired because I'm sleeping terrible. And I just get out of bed. Everybody else is sleeping, and I have to walk to this, you know, place where these locker rooms are or whatever. So I go in, I get the key, and I get my key, and it was like number 16 or something, and I go in, and uh, I wasn't really paying attention. The door was kind of ajar, so I didn't use the key. I just went in, and it was like one of those private little stalls, and then the shower is there. So then I get all, you know, you know, and my birthday suit and go in and shower, right? Okay. And uh, I'm normally a pretty vocal human being, so I like to make noises and pray and pray in tongues and other kinds of weird things when I'm in the shower, right? And so I'd be singing or doing stuff. But this time, for whatever reason, I thought, you know, it's sort of a public place. So I decided to refrain and keep myself kind of silent. And so I did sort of like stealth shower, right? And I come out and I'm thinking, ah, I'm going to go and I'll just, you know, kind of in my towel type thing, go out to the house and shave, you know, at the sink. And I'm like, ah, whatever, I'm camping. I don't need to shave. I'll be fine. So I choose to just change in the little changing area, right? And so I come out of the door, and I remember I open the door, I'm like, open the door, and I step out, and I look to the left, 
and there's a woman not fully clothed in the men's locker room. I'm thinking, what in the heck is there a woman doing in the men's locker room? And then it hit me. Wait a second. <laughs> Maybe I'm seeing something wrong here. Maybe I'm actually in the women's locker room. And lo and behold, I took my entire shower in the women's locker room, not knowing it, and came out. And here's this lady changing like she should be. And she's, she's seeing right, doing right, right? And I'm seeing wrong. I normally, if I see, like, if I saw that situation correctly, I would have been terrified to be in the women's locker room and would have what? Run. And so once I did see it right, I got terrified appropriately and I ran. <laughs> but I didn't know if she saw me or not. And so I was really afraid that they were going to think there's some pervert running around Denali <laughs> and like Pastor Perv is like in the so I go confess my sin to the lady at the desk. I go, listen, I got to tell you, I went in and I don't even understand. The door was open. I told her the whole thing. She's all, oh, it happens all the time. No worry. I'm like, it happens all the time. I'm never coming back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Proverbs 14, 12, there's a way that seems right, but in the end leads to imprisonment or death or lawsuit, right? Or death. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God. I don't think anybody noticed but me. I mean, I freaked out. So every time now that I go into a locker room or a bathroom, I pause and I stare at the symbol. That symbol says, man. <laughs> and some of those, like you go to like some of those restaurants where they get creative and they put on like some other like thing or whatever. And you're like, Pretty sure that's a dude. <laughs> okay, I'm going in that one. It's <laughs> going closed eye. Is this the men's locker room? I, oh, yeah, okay, whatever. Proverb. okay, so here's what we want to do. We want to make sure we're seeing right. Because one of the ways it can get us to see wrong is bad behaviors. So when people have bad behaviors, we try to justify those bad behaviors by creating new doctrine. Okay, a new way to see right. So we have people that manipulate and control and steal and misuse God's money. And they manipulate people to try to get it for their own gain, to drive their private jets or sit in their golden thrones and have their multi-multi-million dollar stuff. And that is wrong. Am I right? Okay. So the problem is, is that when we see those individuals behaving badly, we are like, I don't want to have anything to do with that, so forget giving money. Forget giving, period. It must be bad. So we don't want to change what we see because people have bad behavior. So we have to see right, feel right, behave right. And we need to look at what God has instructed us to do and then apply those principles and apply them, apply them right and see God bless what we're doing. Because here's the thing, God created his people or sent his people onto the earth he and he blesses them to be a blessing. So Israel, when, when God formed the nation of Israel, it was an actual nation, okay? 
genetic nation. People built off of that nation and continued to grow. And he blessed that as long as they stayed in right relationship with God and they were behaving right and they were worshiping him right, then God poured out his favor on them and they blessed all the nations. One of the heightened times of this was when Solomon was really at his peak and he was activating all the principles. He was built off of what his father David had done and it was so prosperous that silver, they would just throw on the ground. They're like, whatever, man, that's just silver. Everybody was prospering so much. This is the way God wants to operate in his divine economy with us and it's not just about money, it's about resources, okay? But you are now as you choose Jesus, we choose Jesus, we are Israel. We are that Israel. So God has this genetic Israel that still exists, and he has his favor on, and he's added to that family, which is all of us. Us Gentiles are non-Jewish people who trust in Jesus as well, and we're all grafted in, and we get the same blessing and favor, praise God, if we activate his principles. So we have to live right on his principles to then activate all of that favor, release all that favor that comes with being children of God. But it's for a purpose. It's not you're blessed so that you can be awesome. You're blessed that you can have more bling. You're not blessed so you can have more bling. You and I, we are blessed to be a blessing. It is about salvations. It is about souls. It's about people getting saved and ending up in heaven and in the kingdom, okay? That is our purpose. We give of our life so that the kingdom will expand and all of our resources, not just our finances. This is your whole life, okay. So, but you, you and I have to understand the purpose in being Israel, being the children of God. We're blessed to then be a blessing. So now let's look at the instructions that God gives us so that we can live a blessed life, a blessed life with purpose. He says in Proverbs 3, 9, honor the Lord with your substance, Honor the Lord with your substance, with the first fruits of all of your increase. What do you think that is? Your substance. That's all your stuff. That's everything. That's your stuff, your resources, your time, it, what you care about. It's your money. It's all of that. Your, what you know, your intellectual property, your spiritual expansion development, all of that stuff is your resource that God wants to use your stuff, your substance, to bless the nations around you, the people around you. But you and I have to see that it is our substance and the first fruits of that substance. It's the best of it. We take the best of what God has given to us, what he's entrusted us, what we have earned, and we take that and we honor God with it. So that's, that's, that's principle number one, okay? That's one of the instructions he wants. Now, Malachi 3.10. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open up for you the windows of heaven and pour out on you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts, and all nations will call you blessed. There you go, blessed to be a blessing. For you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. So look here, here's the instruction. Bring all the tithes, tithe is 10%. It's the first fruit of all of your increase, okay? Your substance, the first fruit, the tithe, the first 10%. When we, metrics are important to the Lord, okay? 
It's a percentage of you, of your being, of what you've earned. And we take that first fruit, that tithe, that 10%, and we sow it in to the storehouse, then God opens up the windows of heaven. All right, now listen, this, th- there is this, th- there's this connection though, to the law and then the principle of new covenant living. All right, so there is no principle that is subtracted. There is nothing in the blessing and the favor and the promises of God that are subtracted from Christ fulfilling the law. It's only the punishment from the law that we're now set free from. Okay, so you and I have access to all the benefits and blessings if we activate them and the favor of God when we live righteously. Giving is part of living righteously. And so when we sow, when we give of our life and start with 10%, this is right living that accesses the, the, the windows of heaven now open up. But we have to give the tithe for the window of heaven to open up. It's connected. All right, so praise God. No punishment for being outside of Obeying the law, that's awesome, Jesus died for that. But if you wanna access this favor right here, this divine economy, if you want this blessed life, you have to tithe. And you have to test the Lord. It's one of the only places that he says, test me in this, try me, I want you to trust me in this and watch what's gonna happen. I'm going to open the windows of heaven and give you increase when you give, and then I'm gonna take and I'm gonna protect your savings. I'm gonna protect the deva- the, 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 you from the devourer. So what you have is not gonna be corrupted as fast. I'm gonna keep it from withering and from falling apart. It's gonna stretch longer. So there's two ways to grow your economy. You save and you create more income. Right? How many of you guys love to get a promotion and you make more money? You get a rental and you make more money. This is good. You get a business idea and you make more money. This is also good. You get an inheritance, you make more increase, okay? And then when you save, you budget, you steward what you have, then God stretches it and it goes farther. You do maintenance on your car. A pound, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. You take care of what you have, it goes farther. God then protects what you save and what you take care of and steward. So when you give, when you access giving, you now are activating both these spiritual principles. God's now working on your behalf. He's cranking open the window, have heaven to pour out blessing and increase, and then he's protecting what you've already earned. But you have to tithe to access that. You have to do the 10%, and we honor him with it. Lord, I'm honoring you with this. It's the first fruit of all of my increase. Okay, those are the instructions there. We have another one here, 2 Corinthians 8, 7. But just as you excel in everything, so God wants you to excel in everything, in faith, speech, knowledge, complete earnestness, and in your love for us, see that you also excel in the grace of giving. God empowers you to give. And God wants you and I, see he called us, we're blessed to be a blessing. So if we're not giving, we're not being a blessing to the nations. It's our purpose as the children of God is to bless the nations around us. And so if we're not doing it, we're not doing our job. That that means I'm giving my love to you. I'm giving service to you. I'm serving you. I'm thinking about you. I'm bringing food, clothing, stuff to you, Uh, right? It's not just about money. It's about all of our time, our resources, our life, sowing in and giving to others. But if we miss this, we're not excelling at giving, 
Our hearts are towards selfishness or self-centeredness or keeping and hoarding our things, then it's diminishing all the time. And we're actually losing. We're missing out. Think about this. Man, do you want God's favor? Do you want his increase or what you could get for yourself? Man, I really want his increase. So we need a mind shift, a mindset shift on giving if we're going to access these principles, okay? So if we start to look at giving wrong, then we're gonna have bad feelings about it and we're going to behave wrong. It's kind of like me being in the locker room thinking I'm in the right room, but I'm clearly not, right? Bad things are about to happen, right? So that wasn't gonna be good for me. We wanna be in the right locker room and we wanna be accessing the right principles and seeing it work. Okay, so what we wanna do is release the favor of God when we give. See, when we when we access these principles, we start to apply them in our life, the blessing of God begins to pour out. Robert Morris defines this as living the blessed life. He wrote a great book on that he calls The Blessed Life. You should read it. I recommend that. But let's look at this, Malachi 3.10. We'll go back here. So when we tithe, we open up the windows of heaven. Such a blessing that you can't contain it. That sounds pretty good. Look at what Luke 6.38 says. Give, and it will be given unto you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be, running over will be poured into your lap, for with the same measure you use, it will be measured back to you. So look at this. One of the principles that when we start with our tithe, we give, but then when we give, them, it's measured. God measures it. The measure I give, if I give and sow into the kingdom, it's measured back to me, but with increase, with a return. Is that good? Yeah, that's good. Okay, I don't know about you, but when you put your money into the bank or you invest into a business and it gives you a return more than what you put in, that's good. It's better than when you put it in and it loses. So when you operate in the divine economy, when you sow into the kingdom, all of a sudden, you're sowing it in and it always comes back with increase because God's word is faithful. He never lets, it, lets you down. He is never going to disappoint or go back on his word. He says, test me in this. I'm gonna come through, I'm gonna follow through. So when we sow into the kingdom, when we sow our finances, our time, our resources, our life into the kingdom, it always comes back with a return. Pressed down, shaken together, and then running over. How many guys ever go berry picking? Okay, you go berry picking, and you fill your basket with berries, and then you're like, oh, it's full. And grandma goes, oh, it's not full. Look at this trick. Shake, shake, shake. Doo, doo, doo. And they like settle down. You're like, grandma, you're a genius. <laughs> There's like so much more room in there. And you fill it out till it's overflowing. You're going and, okay, when you sow in, that's the way God gives it back to you. You give it to him, it's all full. And he goes, watch this. Doo, 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 doo. Shakes it around and fills it all up and gives it back to you with more. This is a good economy. But the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. You use a small measure, you get a small measure in return. Shaking together, pressed down, and coming back. Use a large measure, you get a large measure. And this is why we wanna start with 10%. It's the starting place where he cracks open the window. 
And the blessing starts to come and he protects what you've given and then it comes back with greater return. All right. Everything always comes back with increase when you're accessing the divine economy. All right, when you give, your blessing comes back to you and grows. Now look here, Proverbs 11.25. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. So it's the principle. When I give, God's going to give back to me. A gener generous people prosper. Truly prosper. That's spirit, soul, and body. Do you know that the greatest uh, feeling you ever feel in your whole life is when you give? It's a proven science. The, the best feeling you're gonna feel neurologically or chemically in your whole life is when you give to someone. There's no greater high. God made you and wired us that way for a purpose. The generous person is going to prosper. Your soul will prosper. Your spirit prospers. It's not just your finances. It's holistic prospering. And again, it's the measure. 2 Corinthians 6, or 9, 6. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will reap generously. It's up to you. As you sow, as you give, as you give uh, not only to the local church and the storehouse, but the, then you give to whatever it is you feel the Lord is laying on your heart to sow into in the kingdom. The measure you use, the measure of your faith and then action, because faith is belief and do. It's like I see and then do. To the measure of that is the measure is gonna come back. Now I just wanna circle up on the storehouse just a little bit, okay? Because uh, what a storehouse is, is a little vague in the New, New Testament, okay? Um, we, the storehouse directly in Malachi was referring to the temple and where they would bring around the priest and they would bring all of that into the temple and that would provide for all of the priests and all the Levites needs. Okay, so the, the new covenant parallel to this is the local church or the church itself. Anywhere where people are gathering for the purpose of God. And we have local churches that serve communities. There's churches that we call them parachurches, but they're just churches. They serve on campuses. They're missionaries. They serve communities some other place. But this is the thing is that you got to think about the storehouse and the concept, the principle of that was the priests and the temple and all those things served the people in that local space, that local area where you are being fed and you are serving and you're being connected and people are being saved and we're working together to expand the kingdom, that is your storehouse, okay? So identifying what is your storehouse, where is that? And you have to buy in and believe in that. And this is one of the things that I really believe there should be is souls coming into the kingdom. People should be being saved, discipled and empowered in leadership and that's where I put my money. That's what I sow into, because I want to see heaven affected from what I sow into, right? So I'm not going, well, I'm never going to give my 10% until I find a place that's finally worthy of my money. <laughs> no, I'm just giving it. And I'm fine. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find the best place I can possibly find. So I give to missionaries. We give to Mark Drake's ministry. We give, of course, to our local church. But, you know, and we find people to just sow into. But we want to see the, the kingdom expand, right? And so partnership in the kingdom is the whole storehouse 
you know, philosophy or mentality or principle is that we're finding a place where we're going to rally together, work together to affect kingdom expansion, okay? The local church ought to be a place that does that. We see 5 to 15 people get saved a week. That's a pretty good start. I'd like to see about 20 or 50 or 100, but five people matter, right? Five people matter. All right, Acts 20, verse 35. And I have been a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. This is the Apostle Paul, tent maker. And he went around and he served and he served and he served and he gave and he gave and he gave and he worked. What? Worked. He worked to earn so he could give of his life. And he used virtually everything he had all the time to sow and give to expand the kingdom. Probably hard to say that any one person made a larger impact than the Apostle Paul in the movement of Christianity around the world, of spreading the name and the gospel of Christ. But he understood this economy. He worked and he gave. It's more blessed to give than to receive. When you give, you begin to access and live this blessed life. Amen? But you have to give. See, God wants you to give so he can expand his kingdom. And he wants to give to a people, his kids, that are blessing the nations around him, around them. That's what he wants to sow into. You start doing that, he opens the windows of heaven. The blessings start coming, man. They start coming. But, but one of the things we need to, to see is we have to have a shift on how we under, what we think about God's resources, how we understand how they work. And so I call this divine pyology, okay? Just made that up. Pyology is a concept I just created. <laughs> All right, okay. It, so, sometimes there's a scarcity mentality that we believe that there's only so much pie. See, the reason I uh, say this is because that's how I grew up. I grew up with lots of boys and cousins and when we would get around the food, it'd be like when there's a pie and mom makes pie, then you better be ready. Because the way we did Easter egg hunts when I was growing up is just like free for all. Like it's combat Easter egg hunting. Well, the way we ate pie, combat pie eating. There's no boundaries or rules. Mom doesn't go, everybody just have one piece. No, whoever can get pie gets pie. That's how we ate. Chicken, I mean, it was like barbarian style. We're just pagans, heathens. We just didn't pray. We just ate. First one to the seat, the second the thing goes on the thing, Boom, you just dig in. And as much as you get is what you get. That's it. And, but if you grab it, you have to finish it all, right? So that's the way, those, that was the only rule. If you put it on your plate, you got to eat it all. So I'm like. <laughs> I, I do these birthday parties with little kids now, and they're like, I didn't eat cake like kids eat cake now. They eat cake, they eat, they eat pie, they like. I, I, I'm like, you want a piece? I'm like, uh, I don't really like cake. I'm like, what? You don't like cake? It's like, oh, just going to have a little, just give me a little one. I'm like, a little one? What do you think, cake is just going to be there forever? That's going to be gone soon. Just give me this much. I want a whole, if it fills my plate, that's start one. And then as fast as you can. And then you're like, back, because uh, the cake will be gone. Because there's 10 other boys going to eat that cake, right? I don't know what's wrong with these kids these days. 
It's like they're trying to save their pancreas for something when they're 50. I don't know what they're doing. Put that thing to work. See what it's made of. All right. <laughs> but see, God's supply is unlimited. See, this is the crazy thing is that pie with God doesn't run out. His pie doesn't run out when we give. If we're giving, then when we reach in for more pie, guess what? There's another pie. You're like, another pie. And you give it and you're like, another piece of pie. It doesn't stop. See, he did this. Jesus did this with feeding the 5,000. He took a couple loaves of bread and a few fish, and he goes, look, watch this, and he puts it in a basket, and he shakes it around, and then he like, they start passing it out, and it just keeps multiplying, and multiplying, and multiplying, until all had their fill, and some was left over, pressed down, shaking together, running over, because they were willing to give, and they trusted God, and his pie don't run out. You reach in the basket, more comes out. Only if you give. If you're just gonna take it, you just eat what was in the basket to be done. But if you don't access giving, you don't trigger that, then all of a sudden you're living on your own economy instead of the divine economy, which never runs out of resources. God never runs out of resources. But you have to give to do it. So how much increase is possible in your life? Who knows? How big is your faith? How big is your God? Guess what? Pretty big. He doesn't need the resources, by the way. He made them. This is all about us. Learning, growing, giving our hearts, our lives to him in faithfulness, okay? And we expand our faith and trust and connection with him. And we do all this. And we, he, see, Philippians 2 says, consider others before you consider yourself. It, this, and live the way Jesus lived. Have the attitude he had in humility. He wants us to look to others, to be a blessing to others. It's all part of our training and growing and intimacy and connection with him. But see, Elijah, after he does this big thing on, with all the prophets of Baal, and then he has this big win. He gets freaked out because he, for whatever reason, he has a panic attack, and he runs off, and he hides in the woods, okay? And this is in uh, 1 Kings 17, and he hides in the woods, and he's, oh, God, you're going to kill me, and are, are these guys are going to kill me. I'm totally afraid. And God does this radical thing as he's helping Elijah recover, is he brings in food uh, by air delivery, these birds grab and find food and all the stuff he needs and he's by this brook and they keep him alive. Resources that were not around him, he could not see, are like FedEx ale ma uh, mailed into him. <laughs> Dropped in by birds. See, it does, it's not just about what you can see. It's not about what is in your grasp and within your immediate area for you to operate, you're like, oh no, the oil's running out in Alaska, what are we gonna do? Give, and guess what? It'll be like a gold mine pop up somewhere, it'll be like a huge reservoir, like boom, we never saw that before. <laughs> it's just the way it happens, it's like, well why can't he build any, he can do anything he wants, and he does, and he multiplies it. But you and I have to see this, his resources are not based on our limitations. It's not based on how much money you think you can make, and it's not based on how much skill you have, and it's not based on what you can see in our local economy. It's not based on that. It's based on his heaven divine resources. And he can shift that in any moment. But we have to be the nation that's blessed to be a blessing. And the thing that activates that, relationship with Jesus and a giving, a lifestyle of giving.
opens the window of heaven and pours out the blessing. But we have to break this scarcity mindset that there's only enough pie. There's only a little bit of pie to go around. Whatever we sow into, we're connected to. <clears throat> it's another reason why God wants us to do this, but it is an important part of the principle is that Matthew 6, 19 says, don't store up treasures here on earth where moth eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasure in heaven. Awesome, there's a bank in heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Where your treasure is, look there, your desires of your heart will also be. Where you put your treasure, your heart connects to. You sow your treasure into people. You sow your treasure into uh, uh, things of the kingdom, into people of the kingdom to advance the kingdom. Your heart's connected to them. Like we have the lady whose husband passed away. She's a widow in our church. We should all be sowing into her life. And when we do, guess what? We see her. We go, I care about you. I I'm praying for you. We're sowing to people that have needs. We're thinking about them. Our heart's connected. And here's the other radical thing, is not only does he connect us relationally to the cause or the person that we're sowing into, he also makes a connection in eternity. Is now you're building up your bank account in heaven. And it cannot be destroyed. No rust, no moth, there's no steals. Even your kids can't get to it. <laughs> yeah, kids are thieves, man. They might not want to be, but they're the, oh, just use your screwdriver and then thought, oh, who, cares? who knows where they go? You know the things I found in the toilet? It's unbelievable. That's like, that's not a storage space want to stick stuff in there, I guess. It's water storage, Dad. That's not water storage. It's a passageway. <laughs> Can't clog it up. But nothing can touch the stuff you store in heaven. And he causes it to increase with compound interest all the time. Don't store your treasure on earth. You store it here on earth, it's always diminishing. And we're just trying to keep it. And then it's always like getting smaller. And it's a scarcity and it just gets smaller and smaller, a little bit less, 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 less. It's like this mentality, and I'm sorry, of just saving all your money and like, I need $2 million and I'm going to live off of it and just ee dead. Yes! <laughs> I don't know who came up with that concept. Like, I'm thinking, okay, I would like to have like six or seven rentals and a couple businesses that just keep making me more money all the time. And then I just live until I die and give that to my kids and it keeps making more money. Rather than have like a huge amount of money, I'm just diminishing. I'm so afraid. Oh, if I give any money out of that, well, I'm going to live on when I'm old. <laughs> it's a scarcity mindset rather than an investment mindset where I'm not only just business minded, but in. I'm thinking heavenly economy. I'm gonna sow for increase. I'm sowing my money where it's gonna really count. I'm living for where it really matters, which is heaven and eternity. Listen, if we're not touching eternity, we're not really making a difference. We're trading every moment, every heartbeat for something. We're exchanging it for something. And does is it, is it have value? Is it worth it? 
People are worth it, guys. That's the economy of heaven. People are getting saved. You're storing up treasures in heaven. That's it. Your money, your resources, your time is impacting human beings that are getting saved or growing in Christ and leading more people to Jesus. That is the, that's the heavenly economy right there. People are the economy of heaven. That's the real treasure in heaven. It's gonna be a cool reward when we see all the people we affected. That's gonna be the true treasure. All right. Wherever your heart is, wherever you sow, whatever you give into, your heart will be. If it's into your 401k and your savings and protecting that, guess what? That's where your heart's gonna be. And you're never gonna see this increase. Not saying you don't save, right? Do you hear what I'm saying? We have to also give. We can't only save or we won't access these principles. Okay. Giving pleases the Lord. This is one of the things that genuinely pleases the heart of God. 2 Corinthians 9, 7. We read 9, 6, and it goes on to say this. Each of you should give what you've decided in your hearts to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. God loves, loves. He finds pleasure and delight in a cheerful giver. That's pretty awesome. I sow with a right heart to honor the Lord with the first fruits of all my increase. God loves finds delight in that. I like that. I don't know about you, but I like it when my daddy's proud of me. And he goes, well, good job, son. He finds delight in what you do. Philippians 2.13 says, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and power to do what pleases him. He's giving you the power to give. He's giving you the power to sow. He's giving you the power to, to, to have a, a generous lifestyle so you can prosper and be a blessing to the nations. You matter. You matter to him. You matter to others. And when you obey him, when you live according to his principles, when you try it his way, it pleases him. It makes his heart happy. You're not in trouble with him when you don't, okay? He's not like mad at you. A lot of times we think in these polar opposites that like, oh, well, God's continuously angry at me because I'm not doing right. He goes, no, when you try it his way, he goes, yeah, oh, awesome. Do you see how cool that is? Keep going. And he doesn't go from that when you screw up or you don't do it right. And he goes like, oh, here's the whip and you're a bad child. He's a good heavenly father who wants what's best for you. And when you try it his way, when you do it his way, you prosper, you're blessed, you encounter him more, you experience more of his favor and his blessing in your life. And so does the others around you. Amen? Man, why don't we try it his way? I know this is a challenge, but what if his whole church was accessing the divine economy? If we were all giving faithfully 10% to start storehouse, then sowing everywhere else he calls us to give as he leads us, not with compulsion as if we're in trouble, but under the conviction of the Holy Spirit, Lord, you lead me to where you want me to sow, and we sow in. Man, how would that change the world around us? Could you imagine how much favor and blessing as we're increasing in all of the multiple sources of income, and we're increasing the amount of pie coming into the church, and then we're seeing what we're working on not being devoured and, and, and just, just destroyed right in front of us. Instead, that one piece of pie, it takes twice as much time for it to be digested. 
It's like one piece of pie goes 10 times farther. One vehicle lasts way longer. Your home lasts longer. Your resources, the things you have, they go farther. And then he opens up the window and pours it into your life, pressed down, shaking together, running over, more than you can think of and contain. Now that sounds awesome to me. But you and I have to have the faith to trust him. This radical thing happened to Joni and I just a uh, little bit ago. We have, we've had multiple investment properties as we've just, just been along in our life, but we have this triplex right now. And um, we thought we were supposed to sell it and we're trying to, and we sort of got under, out over our skis a little bit and made a couple wrong moves. And then, um, you know, we had some debt that was uh, accumulated around this remodel for this property. It needed to be done, whatever, but it was like, ah, we, the slave, you're, you're slave to the lender, right? And we're like, we don't like that debt. We're like, Lord, we got to get free of this thing. And then felt like the Lord told us to go all in and just pay it all off. <laughs> we're like, okay. And so we pay it all the way off. And we look at our bank account, $10.10 left. Let's tell you what, I've not had 10 bucks in my bank account in a long time. Never probably, ever been that low. And I'm like, okay, Lord, here we go. And then that same weekend, we stumble into this prophetic thing that Eleanor and their team at Kingdom Alliance is doing. And we show up and Eleanor goes, I'm so glad, Pastor, you're here. And we're like, sneak in the back late, sit down, you know. She goes, the Lord gave me $10 for you. I'm like, what? It's my 10th year in ministry, the beginning of my 10th year in ministry. The date was the 2nd of February, the 10th, two, or it was February the 2nd, 10, okay? This 2, 10, ridiculous. And I had $10.10. Another person said, I found this dime on the ground and the Lord told me to give it to you. $10.10. And then they all take up this offering. It was part of this offering they sewed in. They think it was $1,500 that day. We had $10.10 in our bank account. On the, the really the start of my 10th year in ministry. And they were saying, this is what the Lord's gonna do at the beginning of this 10th year. Guess what year I was born? I was born 10, 10, 1977. It's ridiculous. Two, I was, it was on the February 2, 10. I mean, who does that? God sets that kind of stuff up, but that stuff happens when you're faithfully giving. You're sowing and he just wants to do ridiculous things to blow your mind. And then a business opportunity opened up for us and like all that week, he's faithful, he's faithful. If you're here today, listen, God made you for a purpose. He made you to be a blessing. He made you to be a blessing. You might not know Jesus right now, but he didn't make you to live a scarce life that's not prosperous, that's not encountering his blessing and his favor. He made you to be a blessing to the people around you and, and not to be depressed and overwhelmed with life, but to be a, a conqueror, more than a conqueror, and overcoming the struggles and the things in your life, so much so that you're so abundantly living that the people around you's lives are transformed. And there's people here, your families are a mess. The world around you is a mess and you don't know Jesus. And the Lord's saying, listen, I called you for something special today. And I made you a divine appointment for this moment today, just for you to know me, the Lord's saying to you. God wants to shift the way he's using you. And he's saying, look, you got to trust me. The Lord's saying, trust me. Just start with 10%. Try him in this. And then as he leads you, say, Lord, how do you want to use me? How, how, and you're asking like, Lord, how do you want to use me? Some guy 
came by when we were trying to check out of uh, Burlington the other day and just ran up and paid for our clothes. <laughs> Wouldn't say no. I'm like, oh, okay. Because the Lord told him to do it. Blessed to be a blessing. That guy got the blessing that day. We got blessed, but he got an eternal reward, right? That's pretty awesome. Shouldn't the church operate like that? What if we're all running around doing that kind of stuff? But we got to do it when he tells us to do it. And then we tell people about Jesus. He lives, he loves, he saves, man. We got to spread the gospel. When we give, we have opportunity to share the kingdom with people, right? What if we lived like that? resources would be unlimited. Then he increases more resources. He protects what we have. Just more and more and more just begins to increase. Imagine how much the city would be affected by all of us if we live this way. Amen. Will you stand with me? I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray a blessing over your life. If you want a blessing, you want a favor, you want a breakthrough, you want to make a shift, just connect your faith with mine. If you want to lift your hands, it's fine. Father, in Jesus' name, God, we just access your throne. We access the heaven, heavenlies, God, and we pray a blessing over our church. We break the mindset of scarcity. We break the devourer's grip on our life, our finances, our resources. God, we declare we're a giving people, a giving church. Blessed to be a blessing, Lord. Favor upon favor to be a blessing to the nations. God, pour out blessing on your church as we give, as we sow with great generosity. God, trusting you, not in ourselves, not in our economy, not in our government. God, we trust in you. And Jesus, I'm believing right now for a breakthrough in finances. Business is being released in this church. Got new ideas being released, increased promotions, multiple sources of income. And God, that you're going to protect the finances, protect the resources, the properties, God, the lives, the energy, the health of this church, of the people of this church. Bless the kids of this church. God, I'm praying there'll be businessmen and women growing up from our children, God, that will live upon the blessing that we have founded, God, for them and we created as, as, as a launching pad for them. And God, I pray for radical increase in their life. God, let your favor pour out on us. God, that we would never have lack and this city would never lack because we are your kids and we live here and we bring your favor and your blessing in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please connect with us at abbottloop.org and like us on Facebook. Services in Anchorage, Alaska are at 9 and 11 a.m. We hope to see you soon.